Hey, welcome to the More For Me podcast by Kat Nicole, yours truly. Thank you for tuning in with me today, whether you're joining on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. I just want to say thank you. I appreciate you tuning in. So we have some things to discuss this week. Can you believe that this is episode three? That means that we're three weeks in with this weekly podcast releasing on Tuesdays. Three weeks. Time does fly. Like, where did all the time go? Well, the good news for me is that God is moving just like time. Not necessarily a fair comparison since he can't be bound by time, but still roll with me, roll with me, roll with me. There are some things to celebrate. So I want to share some milestones with you that we approached or surpassed last week so that we can all celebrate together on this journey. So number one, the podcast platform. More For Me by Kat Nicole is available on every podcast platform. And so we've been witnessing just the subscriptions on each of the podcast platforms increase. So polka a polka, little by little, but nonetheless, more people are subscribing across the podcast platforms and we are ever grateful. Two, Instagram. This past week, I was blessed and First things first, you can follow me on Instagram at I am Kat Nicole. That's in E-C-O-L-E. I am Kat Nicole. And so this past week on Instagram, we hit 150 followers. Mm, wow. I was so excited to hit 150. And I know that there are more to come. And I think what I love most about Instagram is that as you uh, watch the uh, the followers come in, and it's much slower than uh, Facebook when I got back on Facebook in terms of the, the friend requests that are rolling in, but I can literally appreciate, yes, that there's some support of some people that I've known and had interactions with, but then there's some new people in there that I don't even know them. And so I'm like, wow, look at what God is doing. Next, we have... Facebook. On Facebook, I have a business page, Kat Nicole. You can like and follow me there as well. Well, this past week on the business page, we surpassed 500 likes and 500 followers on Facebook. And that was super, super exciting. There's something about the five, something I used to say all the time, but five is definitely one of my favorite numbers. I even named my dog five. Check that out. But again, another milestone. And there was one more milestone that I love to share with you guys this week. And that was on YouTube. This past week, we surpassed 100 YouTube subscribers and I was excited. I mean, paint the town red type of excited. And let's give a little bit more context so you can truly understand like, well, that doesn't sound like a lot. You know how many people there are in this world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check me out. On YouTube, before you get to 100 subscribers, you don't have the opportunity to personalize your, your URL. And so it makes it that much more difficult for people to actually find you on the YouTube platform, especially if you have something that's um, a, a name or something that's easily searchable. But for me, once, you, once I hit 100 subscribers, I had the opportunity to go in and customize the URL. And now I can be found at youtube.com slash Kat Nicole. And it makes the world, 
it makes it that much easy, excuse me, for the world to find Kat Nicole and appreciate the content that God is blessing me with and allowing for me to be a vessel to carry it, to carry out this message. So I was so, so, so excited. As a matter of fact, I am oftentimes reminded of my grandma, uh, my grandma Lula. And Granny, I love, love, loved her. And she passed away in 2013, but her words always, always resonated in my heart and my soul. And one of the things she used to say is, thank God for small favors. As an adult, I came to reach a point where I'm like, man, I kind of understand what she meant, but I want to throw in there something of my own, a little remix. Thank God for small favors and big ones too. So today, you can help me thank God and celebrate thanking God for small favors and big ones too. I am so, 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 so grateful for this, but I also realize that none of this will be possible without you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for liking, for sharing, for commenting, uh, for subscribing, and even for leaving those reviews. I am very grateful and I don't take your support lightly and I do appreciate you journeying along with me towards my destination for more and allowing for me to accompany you to your destination for more. If you haven't already done so, it's not too late. You can you can put your skin in the game. You can like, you can subscribe, share, comment, and make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform. Check me out on Instagram and Facebook under Cat Nicole and I am Cat Nicole. That's where you'll see more content and nuggets from my heart to your ears and eyes. Cool beans. Now, now that we have the celebration out the way, let's talk about some things. Like I said, we have some things to talk about this week. Well, last week, we talked about obedience. Obedience equals success. How did you do last week? Did you practice intentionally, not accidentally? And oh, yeah, no, intentionally. Did you focus on being obedient? Was there a specific area that you thought about and that you put your energy in? Well, I don't want you to think that I just sit here and I just say some things and then I move on, on to the next one. No, I am on a journey with you and I'm glad that you're coming along with me. So last week, I actually focused on time and, and my schedule in particular. And every so often, I mean, I sit down and I put together a schedule. It looks pretty. It's clever. I I actually put a lot of time into it. But what usually fails to happen is that I actually adhere to the schedule and follow it. And so I end up wasting time because I don't follow my schedule. And so that was my goal last week. And when I tell you that I think it was successful, God honored my obedience and following and adhering to my schedule. Um, and, and I saw the fruit of that in my productivity and in just my sanity and my peace last week. So that was really cool for me. I hope that you got something very rewarding out of your intentional obedience. But if you didn't, stick to it. This wasn't just something we were doing for a week. This is a lifestyle change, a journey that we're embarking upon towards more and to become better versions of ourselves. Uh, also, if you didn't listen last week, go back and check out the episode. You can definitely still join us on this journey. Or if you just simply did not actively um, try to obey in any one or multiple areas of your life, Step up to the plate. You can still do it. Put some skin in the game and let's get to work. Jim Quick says, practice makes progress. He also says, practice makes permanent. So join me as we continue to practice these things and live them out. And as we walk these things out, that our lives begin to look different and we become 
better than we were, better versions of ourselves and get closer to that destination that we're working towards more because God has more for me and he has more for you. So let's get this thing. All right. Now that we've talked about last week, last week, I also made a note like we're going to talk about hope next week. So we're here now. So let's talk about hope. We are in a season worldwide where everybody could use a little hope. Some people may not have any more hope. Some people may have thrown in the towel on hope a long time ago. But now and at every part of the journey of our in our lives, excuse me, we all need hope. So global pandemic aside, what is hope? Why should I hope? Let's talk about that. Now, I did tell you that Google is a friend of mine. So let's ask him what he had to say about hope. A noun. Hope, a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. As far as a verb, Google says that hope is <clears throat> want something to happen or be the or be the case. Excuse me. So that's what the Google had to say. But for me, I kind of boil it down to hope being uh, a possibility. It lies within a possibility. Now, I think there are uh, two types of hope that we'll focus on and that we'll talk about. We're going to talk about practical hope and heavenly hope. We're going to start off with heavenly hope. We talk about heavenly hope because of the God that I serve. Um, this is the hope that I have because of God, because of what he's told me and his word and what he's whispered to me personally, whispering sweet nothings in my ear. Personally, God also speaks to me and that that creates hope. Now, when I talk about heavenly hope, I'm not talking about an unrealistic hope where, hmm, got paid on Friday, had a great time living it up, mm, mm, good time, good time, mm, mm, splurging. And then on Monday, I, I hope that the Lord pays my rent. No, that's just simple foolishness. We're talking about real hope. That type of hope where um, I hope that all of my siblings, that they realize the destiny that God has for them and the power that lies within them to get to that destination of more that God intends for their life because they are powerful beings created by an all-powerful God. That's the type of hope that I'm talking about. So let's take a look at some scriptures and um, we're going to read through. Uh, take your time. Take your time. Take your time, settle, settle, settle. Uh, put your listening ears on, if you will. I feel like I'm sitting in my son's uh, class. But uh, put your listening ears on as we dig into it. Now, these scriptures are going to talk about what hope is, uh, what we should hope in uh, from a biblical perspective. Jeremiah 29, 11 is the first scripture that I'm going to read for you. And do take notes of these actual scripture references uh, in your listening because that will allow for you to have something to reference later on if you so desire. So Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. All right, next we have Hebrews 6, verses 13 through 18. Now this was a little bit longer, but hang it there because this is good. For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, surely I will bless you and multiply. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise for people swear by something greater than themselves. And in all their disputes, an oath is final for confirmation. 
So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to hope set before us. Now, as I got to the, the, the end of that lengthy verse, I realized I still don't have on my reading glasses. Last week, I mentioned that I should have them on. Today, they're sitting right there. I still don't have them on. So we'll continue to read. And maybe next week, they'll get even closer to my face if I read anything. All right, let's keep going. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. First Peter 1 and 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Psalms 42 verse 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation. Matthew 12 and 21. And in his name, the Gentiles will hope. This is speaking about Jesus. Psalm 62, verse 5. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. And we're going to land here on Psalm chapter 39, verse 7. And now, O Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. And now that we have a, a glimpse of heavenly hope and understanding where it comes from and, and sort of what it is, there's also this notion of a practical hope. And I know that everyone can relate to the practical hope. And it, sti it still lies in the realm of possibility. But regardless of your spiritual center, I'm sure you'll follow me. For me, um, this is manifested, practical hope that is, is manifested in the cycle of more. There are three phases of the cycle of more. Expose, equip, and empower. This is not linear in nature, but consider a triangle. Zoop, zoop, zoop. Um, each phase of the cycle of more lies on one of those sides of the triangle. Expose, equip, empower. And so our goal and what we should be doing as we move towards our destination of more is to cycle through each phase and we continue to get more, do more, and to be more. And that's going to put us closer to the destination of more that God is calling us to. Now, hope. Let's look at hope from the perspective of a child. If we go back to the simplicity of, a, of the definition of hope, that is really just being possible. Think about the um, earlier phases of a child, maybe a baby, their independent movements, at which point all that they know is your presence and your provision in terms of the parent or the guardian caring for that child. They're exposed to movement, independent movements, because of the people around them. They can see them moving, sitting, standing, jumping, running, dancing, playing, all of these things. They're exposed visually. They can see it. How are they um, empowered? Well, their empowerment actually comes from your encouragement. Nothing like seeing a baby make a movement for the first time or get further in their movement progress as they journey towards walking, per se. And we get excited and cheer them on. You can do it. You can do it. That's it. That's it. Because you want to keep calm and not scare them. But you're literally empowering them through your encouragement. And sometimes you'll come alongside them and show them a little bit more to empower them even further by further exposing them to the specific actions and the nuances and the details. And lastly, how are you equipping that baby in their journey for walking? 
Well, the equipment comes when you put out your finger or your hand and right there when they need it up, go ahead, go ahead and take that step. And that's how you equip them. Pretty simple, but it's definitely practical. And you can see that process. And you even notice that in explaining the cycle of more through the, the, the process of independent movement of a baby, that you also see that that cycle, that sometimes before you get to one piece, it's a triangle that you can you can go back and there can be a little bit more of one or the other as you put it all together in the cycle of more. So you can, this isn't film. There's no, there's no such thing as being overexposed. Now, when I think about how the cycle of more plays out in my life, I think back to the earlier days of my courtship with French. Hard to believe it right now, if you, if you know anything about me, but there was a point in time when I was not big on travel. I mean, at all. And by the time French and I were uh, dating, courting, excuse me, um, I had been on the airplane twice, once in eighth grade. And then once, I think it was my senior year of college to go visit uh, my big purse out in Miami. Like that was it. Other than that, you, you talk about uh, some road trips, the family jumping in a car, uh, driving to a family reunion in Alabama or some other place. But like, that was it. 313 all day. There's absolutely nothing wrong with Detroit holding it down. What's the need to, there, there is no need to leave. I'm good. Well, French uh, has and always will have other plans. And a part of those plans will be to travel. So he finally convinced me to uh, go on a trip with him. And so we decided to go to Boca Raton, Florida. Now let's look at how uh, the cycle of more plays out in this example. So Boca Raton, Florida, the first thing, exposure, it was multifaceted in this example. And we're going to go one with the flight. Not big on flying. I don't like turbulence. I don't like the uncertainty. Uh, I am a recovering control freak. Um, so I like to be in control. And on that airplane, I was not in control of my stomach when we hit a little bump or when we started to take off. And I was not in control of the outcome. I wasn't flying the plane. I didn't know how to fly the plane. And I actually didn't know what to expect. It made me terribly uncomfortable. But on that flight, French assured me if everything was going on, that things were going to things are going to go well. He didn't really know, but still there's some comfort in him saying, it's going to be okay. You're all right. Calm down. Take a deep breath. Um, and then as little things happen where I'm like, what was that? Glitching onto my seat and things like that, where he could literally say, that's just the engine starting. The pilot's going to say this, that's going to take off. It's going to smooth out. Um, and I actually don't remember the specifics, but you know, French is a, a man of great detail. So he's like, hey, once we hit 10,000 feet, you'll start to feel a little better. Um, you know, you can go to the bathroom at this time. It's going to level out. Once we get above the clouds, you'll be okay. But that actually really calmed me and helped your girl keep it together. Number two was the destination. While I had never been to Boca Raton, Florida, I actually knew that I enjoyed beaches. Um, not because I could swim, because I can't. Uh, going to learn one day, but more so because of the, the, the climate. So I could tan and turn this vanilla skin into uh, something a little bit more golden, but then I could also um, enjoy the peaceful environment. And it, if you go at the right time, it's not too hot. It's not too cool. So you don't get all sweaty and stuff like that. So I really enjoyed it. So that was really good for me. Number three was the hotel. The hotel was nice and I felt comfortable. I'm a bit of a germaphobe. So when I walk into any environment, um, depending upon its nature, I'm always doing an assessment. And so when I go into hotels, I always look around and I'm like, what's that? That's dirty. That's, mm, they didn't clean that good enough. Like I can't sleep there. Check this, check that. But nope, he did a good job. The hotel was all good. So I was comfortable and able to chill there. 
the last thing, number four, in terms of exposure, it was just simply leaving my tiny bubble. Now, I went on a huge adventure after I graduated college, and I moved all the way from Detroit, Michigan, to the suburbs of Chicago. Not very far in actuality, but I had a very, <laughs> I had a very small bubble. And once I left that bubble, I realized, wow, this is awesome. So just being exposed to the more that exists outside of what I had uh, deemed as, you know, the world, which was just my world. So tearing down those walls and realizing that there's more out there, that was great exposure for me. Now, as far as being equipped, um, French traveled, has always traveled a lot for work. And so he ensured that I had a freaking flyer number. Now, the number just allows for you to get um, credit or miles, accumulate miles from the, the trips that you take. It makes your um, your flight easily searchable. If there's trouble, you have something easy to, uh, to reference and to connect to. You can build a status. But in reality, it really didn't do anything for me traveling. Of course, I know that now, but there still was some comfort and I felt equipped to travel. Like this is what you have to have. You have to have your frequent flyer number, amass these miles. And in 10 years, because I'm a leisure travel, I'll eventually be able to redeem a free flight. But I felt equipped and pre more prepared for our next destination. Or if I chose to travel and see some of my friends on my own, I did feel equipped. And lastly, in that cycle, empowerment. How was I empowered? Well, we had a great time in Boca Raton. He's like, hey, that wasn't so bad, was it? You do that again, right? We can go someplace else. I'm like, cool, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But but how? Well, French is like, you know what? Our next trip, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of it all. And that spoke mm, right to my frugal heart. And I was like, yes, well, I'll go on that next trip. Sure, I can do that as long as it's to the beach. But that put me in position to complete the cycle. And then I realized, you know what? I like traveling. I experienced more and it left me desiring and wanting more. We got to the point where literally French and I would on our flight out and back home that we would talk about and talk through our next trips and the potential destinations that we wanted to travel to. So actively engaging in the cycle of more, being exposed, equipped, and empowered led to more, which then led to me wanting more so that I continue to flow through this cycle of exposure and equip, being equipped and empowered. And that for us in the realm of travel, it looked like, okay, let's go to Puerto Rico. Okay, uh, let's go to uh, Atlanta, back to a homecoming. Okay, let's mix it up. Let's go to London. Kat will finally go someplace that doesn't have a beach uh, for her to go to. Um, let You know what? One of our more favorable, favorable memories is actually pre-kids, but um, when we went to Dubai. And so you have where you are literally, even in the type of travel that we were doing, we were exposing ourselves to new things, equipping ourselves and being empowered to continue to do that and participate that and reach uh, different destinations and leveling up in the areas of, in the area of more, excuse me. And so travel, you're like, well, that's just about travel. It seems pretty simple and I don't know how it applies elsewhere, but trust me, the cycle of more literally applies in every facet of life where you can level up and you can do more, be more, experience more, have more, and get closer to that destination. It's working all the same. It's literally just being exposed, equipped, and empowered, and that you continue to stay in that cycle to get to your destination of more. Now, I'm going to throw in this nugget here. As far as hope, you have 
hope and, and even and even the outcomes and the, the the destination of more in general. You have the heavenly or supernatural and the practical. And this is this is just a bonus nugget. Know that both of those things exist. They can coexist, existing at the same time. That there are times when we can do practical things and God will do something supernaturally. But in this case, it's not like we talked about last week that obedience equals success. I don't know the exact level of success or what it looks like, but I know that it, the outcome will be success. It doesn't work like that with God. You can't say I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to get this exact outcome, LMNOP from God. You can't, it's not a slot machine. You can't insert a quarter, roll it, and then after X number of times, you get a certain amount back. No, um, this is God's desire or his, yeah, God's desire or choice to move in your life in a certain way. An example that I'll give um, is that in the area of giving or tithing. If you are a tither, you may have a personal testimony or know someone who has that testimony where they tithed through obedience. They gave according to the word of God off of their increase, their income. And from that, they saw other things manifest. And now it's not that because I tithed, this thing happened. So let's say, for example, you are a tither. And then your boss calls you into his office and says, hey, we've decided that we want to, you know, we're, we're acknowledging your hard work, the results and all that. And we want to give you this bonus. It's an out of cycle bonus. There's nothing written where you can say or nothing that you figured out where you can even tell a friend, hey, do this, this and this. You'll get an out of cycle bonus. So sometimes you'll have the favor of God show up and he'll move in a supernatural way and things will happen that aren't necessarily explainable. And it's not necessarily uh, a part of some formula that you can replicate or that others can replicate, but that God will, will, will move. So just remember that as you're doing things going through any part of the process of the journey that we're embarking upon, whether it's obedience and especially when it's just the cycle of more as a whole, it's nothing that you can um, manipulate or that you can calculate the outcome. That God can choose uh, to move in a way that uh, supersedes what you're expecting and what you believe or know the outcome will be. And that is in part because our God is a multiplier and we know that uh, he can do just that. Now, as we wrap up here, I want to take us uh, uh, to a place where we can kind of all agree and settle. And we know that we're going to focus our energies and work on in terms of building our tool set and our foundation for how we move forward. And that's knowing that when you consider hope and when you want more, that you can't be fooled that there won't be distractions or tangents. There's always going to be trouble. There's always going to be a valley. There's always going to be a distraction or a tangent. And so with that, I want to encourage us all to think about positivity. Positivity. When you focus on a thing, that becomes the focus. That's pretty obvious. Let's say, for example, I know some people say things like, you know, you can like think something into existence. I don't believe in that. But what I'm saying is, let's look at this example. Say you get a, car, a new car or a car that's new to you, a Toyota Corolla. Once you get your car, this Toyota Corolla, you begin to realize that there are a lot of Toyota Corollas around here. Well, the reality is the world did not, or majority of your, your community, they did not go get Toyota Corollas because you purchased one. You are focused on Toyota Corollas right now because this was the purchase you're making. So that's where your focus lies. And then when you finally look up, come up for air and look outwardly, then you realize that there are more, there are other Toyota Corollas out there. So where your focus is what you see. Now let's take that and apply it to life. 
and this notion of positivity. Where you focus is what you're going to see. So if you're positive, you begin to see positive things, even in a global pandemic and during times of uncertainty, of unrest and all that's going on around us, you still can see positive things. So you have to ask yourself, am I speaking positive things? What is coming out of my mouth about myself, about other people? Am I thinking positive things? Are my thoughts positive about myself, about other people? And then what I consume on a regular basis, is it positive? That's um, reading, watching, who, who I surround myself with, my community. Is that positive? Is that healthy? You have to ask yourself those questions because that's your focus. That's what you're going to focus on. And if those things are positive, it makes being hopeful that much easier. It makes um, believing that the impossible is possible that much easier because you can see the positive in everything. Just like in this pandemic where people are able to see that, no, it's not just, oh, I have to be with my kids and I have to school them from home. No, it's not just that. People are realizing the time that they're able to regain with their family to slow down and build a more solid foundation for family time and conversations. You're able to see the positive even in all the other things that's going on. So ask yourself, am I thinking positive thoughts? Am I speaking positive things? And who am I surrounding myself with? What is my community like? You want to make sure that you're reinforcing positivity in all of these aspects, not to truly socially, socially distance yourself because we should just be physically distancing ourselves from people and still connecting, but to be able to say, I know that there are negative things in this world, but I am not of this world. And you know what? I'll take a different strategy, a different approach, and I will have a different outcome from the rest of the world and those negative things and people around me. And we can do just that. So while we are focused on positive, we will be able to remain hopeful and know that what seems impossible is possible because of what we put our hope in and not just what, but who we put our hope in, which just perfect ending that let's not put our hope in silly things like winning the lottery. While I don't play it, still hoping to win it, that's not exactly uh, something of substance. So we, as a believer, I want to put my hope in the word and, and the promises of God, because I know that God has never failed me. He's faithful. He cannot lie. And time over and time again in my life and in the lives of others historically and those around me present day that he is faithful. So we're going to hang on to the word and the promises of God and put our hope right there in that. And that's where we will find more. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I know without a doubt that God wants more for me and he also wants more for you. And we are going to pursue that more while we're being obedient, while we are remaining positive and fo focusing on being positive. Some of us will be shifting to being positive and others will try to remain positive. Now that's right where we want to stay as we continue to press forward towards our destination of more, even through the cycle of more of being exposed, equipped and empowered. You can follow me on Instagram at I am Kat Nicole. Check me out on Facebook business on the business page at Kat Nicole, but also 
here on YouTube as well as on the any podcast platform. Like, subscribe, share, comment. I want you to accompany me on this journey. I know that God has more for us, so let's go get it. Take care.